How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined on Wednesday, June 1st, 2022 by Aria Tari. Aria, Celtics are in the finals, man. Say what's up to the people. Four more. Four more. Hey, I, you know, guys, we had Ari on here in the beginning. Me and him both unfortunately predicted Celtics for Suns. Our Suns predictions fell through, but the Celtics got there for us. Um, first of all, Arya, how does it feel? Uh, I mean, the job's not done. Job's not done. Just Fair enough. Another step in the process. You know, Ime, I don't know if you saw this video, but Ime had this thing in the locker uh-huh. room where everyone's spraying him with water bottles and celebrating, and he's like, Hey guys, like he's basically saying like, Hey guys, we don't need to do that. We don't celebrate Eastern conference championships in this organization. So hey. that's not done. you got to like that, especially out of a first year head coach. The fact he was able to get a team there that was 25 and 25 at the halfway point through the season yeah. says a lot about him and the type of guy he is. Let's talk about a little bit of how to game seven here. Then after that, guys, we're going to talk about the final series. We're going to do a little MVP draft and then we're going to get up out of here. A nice short, sweet podcast for everyone. But Let's talk about the first thing here, Aria. Look, took seven games to defeat the Heat. What was your thoughts on Game 7 itself? On Game 7 itself or the series as a whole? Both. So, I mean, Game 7, Miami really had nobody. It was basically a two-man show, right? It was Butler and Bam, like, the whole way. Mm -hmm. Lowry was at least, like, he was just being typical, annoying Lowry, drawing the charges, all the – it's all the stuff that – when Chris Paul does it, I love it. But when he does it, I hate it. <laughs> I don't have a way to explain it other than, I mean, you know, the, uh, I don't have a way to explain it other than, I, I just don't. Uh, but I'd say that's a pretty uh, accurate way to explain it, though. I don't know. Chris Paul's also like, I feel like a much better offensive player, much better, smarter maestro on the court. So it's when he does that stuff, it gets somewhat negated out i guess yeah everything else he does lowry can is nowhere near chris paul as a player so even though lowry won a championship and chris paul didn't and that's going to bother me but anyways um so yeah miami was basically a two-man show hero gave them absolutely nothing there was that point in the second quarter they put him in try to get something out of him and yeah boston controlled the game the whole way i thought it was over after tatum hit that he had two big shots. The yeah. when he like kind of turned around and talked to Aaron Donald afterwards, and then there was the end of the shot clock shot over. I think it was over Butler. Uh, it was a couple of days ago, so sorry if my memory's hazy. Um, but after those, I thought it was over. And then you know Boston just keeps making the right play, hitting the open guy, and smart. I feel like missed twenty shots in a row. I know it wasn't that obviously. One of those goes in. It's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Hanging around, hanging around. All of a sudden, Struce hits a three. Flashback to game three when he hit the three to um, put Miami up by four when Boston cut it to one and was trying to get back in that game. Um, And then you really thought things were just going to go haywire for the Celtics. Cut to Butler coming down, pulling up, and I think it's over. I think he's hitting that. He's been phenomenal all game, last game as well. And then front rims it. Horford gets the rebound, pass to Smart, hits the two free throws, which is huge because in game six – Brown kind of choked on these free throws that mm-hmm. really possibly costed them that game. I mean, there was a lot of time left afterwards, but I really felt like it swung there. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, 
No, it was just a war. I think Boston. I think Boston was the much better team, to be honest. It was I agree. Smart's injuries, Rob Williams's injuries. Remember, Smart didn't play game one or game four. Williams didn't play game three, but he was pretty much hobbled like every game he played. I think in the later games, at least. Um, so well, I thought it really showed though, like how injured he was in game seven. You know, because like. Bam, except outside of the game that he didn't play in, was pretty much a non-factor for most of the series. And then in game seven, you know, it really just showed you kind of how hobbled Williams was because Bam was able, you know, to kind of make himself an X-factor again in that game. Yeah, and there was that moment at the start of the fourth where Rob's out there playing and Miami gets – and Boston's up by seven. Miami yeah. right away. I think Rob Williams – something on offense. I can't remember. I mean, it's, it's been three days ago and it was like a haze. Yeah. There was something on offense, I think, where you just like – couldn't catch the pass or lost the ball or whatever. I don't remember. Um, but it was basically like three possessions and each possession like was basically him uh, somewhat responsible for it. And maybe not, maybe my memory is hazy, but anyways, like he just couldn't really move out there. Um, and then he calls the timeout after Miami cuts the lead to three. Rob Williams doesn't play again that rest of that game. Um he just – he wasn't healthy. And whether or not he's going to be healthy in this series, and I know I'm foreshadowing a little bit, uh, that's a big question. But we'll see. He's important. He's really important. No, I agree with you, agree with you completely. I think you hit a lot of nails on the head. Look, it's kind of weird, though, for me with, like, the whole Jimmy Butler thing. Like, you know, obviously he what he did going off in game seven – or game six and seven, you know, kind of carrying the load for the team. Yeah, it's good for his legacy, but at the same time – is it good for his legacy? I feel like he's kind of almost a selfish player, you know, like you look at Andrew Wiggins departing from Minnesota, you know, like Wiggins looks better now that he actually plays with the team who knows how to use him properly. I mean, they have a complete overturn of roster. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns looks better. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird to really gauge if that's Jimmy Butler and heat culture or like what it is exactly, you know, how you're going to gauge Butler's career and whatnot. But I've definitely thought that this series was big for his legacy just for the fact that he balled out in those games. But ultimately I felt like the Celtics were the better team. And I think they kind of gave away game six, you know, like you said, I mean, they played a terrible first quarter. It was the first quarter right there. They got buried in game six. Yeah. They played a terrible first quarter and then they outplayed them all the other quarters. And I mean, they pretty much had the chance to win. Like I agree with you. I think if Brown hits those two free throws, the game's over. Boston to me is kind of, was kind of a weird team in this entire series. It's like for three quarters, they would be the better team, but they could have one just extremely high variance quarter where they would be just like absolutely abysmal, or they would have one quarter where like they absolutely couldn't miss. And that's really where, you know, kind of the series is won and lost for them. Yeah, I mean, that was the third quarter of game one, the first quarter of game three, mm-hmm. uh, first quarter of game six to an extent. I mean, they did come back in the fourth, cut it, uh, not even cut it. They took the lead by three after Horford hit a three and then White hit a three, um, but then kind of coughed that one up. I think Lowry came down, hit a three, and that was a big play for Miami, and they uh, they were able to kind of steady their ship after that. But, yeah, I mean, it was really like overall Boston – pretty much controlled most of those games. Most of those quarters is just a few couple from Miami really swayed it for them. Honestly. No, I agree with you completely. Like, I really feel like that Miami, you know, is a little overrated all season long. I feel like the Celtics are the better team. And 
I mean, it's hard to say that like a team got lucky to still be there in game seven, but I really felt like Boston as a whole, you know, outplayed them. But ultimately, I mean, Boston won, so you can't really be mad about it and the way it played out. I thought it was the best thing, though, for the NBA. To play. It was a weird series, though, you know what I mean? Like games one through five was a blowout in one direction pretty much either way. I guess Boston came back in game three, but still, though, like they were getting absolutely throttled in that game at one point in time. Yeah. And then, like, game five, I mean, game five, like, or game six, you had, you know, score changing in the fourth quarter. We hadn't really seen that all series long. And then same thing. And I mean, game seven, though, I mean, game seven, Boston was kind of all over them the whole game, you know? Game five was a little weird where Miami led by eight at halftime. And then by the end of the third quarter, Boston was, I think, up by eight or something like that. And then the first couple minutes of the fourth, Boston just blows up there. So that one was a little weird one, too, but. Yeah, it was definitely a weird series. It's like the games, some of the games were competitive, but they like weren't competitive at the same, you know, because Boston was up like, was losing like 40 to 10 at the end of the th- end of the first quarter in game three. So, I mean, definitely a weird series. I feel like we've already spent too much time talking about it though. Let's move on here. Let's talk about the NBA finals here. NBA finals, we have Boston Celtics taking on the Golden State Warriors. Golden State does have the better records. Therefore, they will have home court advantage in this series um let's just let's before we get into really picks and stuff let's just kind of talk about you know like what we feel like is gonna be the x factor for each team here and kind of you know like what got him here i think for boston the x factor i'm being honest with you i think it's marcus smart look jason tatum is obviously the best player on the team i mean he's arguably top eight five guy in the league at this point in time but i think marcus smart's the x factor i really feel like this team had the flip because I don't know. I guess you, you weren't on the podcast with me at the beginning of the year. I was talking about, you know, is it time for Boston to kind of break up Brown and Tatum? It's not working out. They said they needed a point guard. Marcus Smart said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can be the point guard. Not only is he the defensive player of the year, but he was the guy who got the passing and everything going and getting everybody else involved. I think it was that. And the team finally, you know, bought into Udoka and his defense and everything. But I feel like in order for Boston to have a chance to win this series, Marcus Smart's got to be the guy. Um. You know, I don't think there's like a one guy thing, right? Like I think yeah. everybody and is so like the Celtics aren't really that deep of a team and neither is the Warriors to be honest, but like between Smart, Horford, Brown, like I feel like they need all their guys to set up to me. I, I think both Horford and Smart do something that is kind of like not that re- replicable. So Smart's going to be the guy I think they're going to have chasing Curry, which is a little frightening to me because I feel like he's better guarding like bigger guys and getting physical. Like he was guarding Butler towards the end of uh, that Miami series. They would mm-hmm. actually hate him on Lowry and smart on Butler. I feel like he'd be good against, he's, he's always been better against like the bigger guys. I feel like against Curry and chasing him around. I don't know if that's his thing. Maybe they put Jalen Brown on Curry and see if he can do a better job with that. Um, Cause he's probably the best athlete on the team. Um and I, but I think the X factor guy, if uh, that's what we're going to use, I think it's Horford just because okay. so many things that he does defensively and especially if Rob's compromised, right? Cause then they're really going to need him as kind of that defensive angle. Yeah. Um, his offense, like he can, I mean, I go back to game four in that Milwaukee series when he scored like, what was it? 30 something the really save Boston season, to be honest. Um, I think things he does is very similar to the things Draymond can do on the, uh, on the other side, obviously not really the passing, right. Draymond's a yeah. playmaker for them, but Horford's a good passer in his own right. I just think Horford's that guy who can is malleable. 
I mean, the whole Celtics team has a bunch of malleable guys. Warriors have a bunch of malleable guys too. Um, so I think uh, he's going to be that guy, especially if Rob's compromised. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Plus, I think Horford is – I mean, Horford is very valuable too in the sense of – like, he can play if you're going to go small and put Draymond at the five, you know? Like, Horford's going to be able to run out there and still, you know, be able to D up with Draymond and be able to run and get up and down the court rather than, you know, Robert Williams might not be able to defend as much as so on the perimeter. But at the same time, Robert Williams has kind of been better in that role where he does roam and pick people up a little bit on the perimeter. Well, but the I- When they start traditionally, right, and they have Looney, I would assume you put Horford on Looney – and have Rob off Draymond literally leave him wide open in a corner and have him hovering yeah. around. Now, this is all contingent on Rob's health, right? The one thing that I think is also going to make Horford an X factor that's going to be so big for him is, I don't know if you know this, but since game three against Milwaukee of the second round, yeah, that was, I'll give you the exact date. That was a Saturday. I know when it was. It was a Saturday, May 7th, okay? okay. Since then... Boston has played every other day. Like they have had no break for more than one day. And that is almost three weeks. Now that was up until they won game seven against yeah. Miami. And, you know, so now Horford's had three days off since that game seven. And the finals is not every other day. You get two days in between. I think the only time it's every other day, it's only one day rest is between games three and four. So game three would be yeah. next Tuesday. Game four would be next Friday. You get one day rest between. For someone like Orford, older player, 35, he's 35, um, that's huge. That's so huge because I feel like he hasn't had the biggest offensive production since that um, uh, Milwaukee game, which granted, that's not really his role, right? But I feel like we can get a similar game out of him maybe this series with that rest. Now, I should preface this all by saying he did get a little bit of rest in between games seven and two games seven of the Milwaukee series and two of the Miami because he was out with COVID or health and safety protocols whatever it was um so he did get a little bit of a layoff but either way I just think it'll be good for his legs keep him fresh um with this yeah I do think it is big too for Boston you know that they get this extra that they get the extra rest because they're not playing till tomorrow and then also on top of that that they're not playing until like Sunday I low-key kind of hate the final schedule it's kind of like with the Super Bowl you know how it's two weeks away and it's kind of like damn you have to wait so much time in between each game but at the same time I think it's better because like I mean you saw so much in these playoff series like the play drops off so much as they go on because everybody's so tired you know from playing every other day like that because I mean even the regular season you'll have like a two or three day stint where you're not going to play and you'll get a rest up so I feel like for Boston you know why it's like this Cuban said it it's because of this plan it like made he said because of the plan and they wanted Mm -hmm. to stay at the same like end date for the season it forced them to go every other day as opposed to giving the rest I mean Granted, they could extend maybe to a little later in June, whether yeah. or not they want to do that, I don't know. But I, this plan has just been awful. Like, honestly, what was the point of it? What was the point of it? It was, it, I, I hated the plan from the beginning. I, I, and if it's hurting the product now, then get rid of it. Like, who cares about these little games? They'll never get rid of it, but. Yeah, they definitely won't get rid of it because it makes them more money. But it's kind of like I think me and you talked about it like when they first introduced the plan. I mean, you play 82 games for a reason. That's what's supposed to decide. I mean, if you can't make the playoffs after 82 games, you don't deserve to be in it. I should be the one vouching for it since my Hawks got in as the 10 seed. But at the same time, that wasn't even enjoyable for me to watch as a Hawks fan. So you made it and then lost to Miami in five. Yeah. And I mean, like one game was competitive. Like, is it really even worth it? You know, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um. 
Let's talk about things from a flip side here on Golden State. I guess one thing that we need to talk about is, you know, the Curry legacy aspect of this. Look, Steph Curry gets this one as a legacy. Um, I actually kind of heard it best put. I can't remember. Believe it or not, I actually heard ESPN put something well. I can't remember who it was, but they were on Twitter talking about it. And they're saying, I'm not going to get into who the six guys are, but they were like, there's pretty much six guys that have to be in your top 10 when you're naming your top 10 players all time. So if Curry gets the ring here, he makes it to seven. So with all that being said, I mean, who mean? thinks legacy that this is kind of bigger on right here? Because it's – it, so he's saying that there's like seven guys that have to be in your top 10 best players of all time. Curry is not a top 10 player. You don't think he is if he gets another ring? I'd have to think about it. Um, maybe I'd have to think about it, but I would go Michael, LeBron, Russell, Kareem, Wilt, Bird, Magic, Kobe, Shaq, and Duncan over him right now. That's 10. No, I definitely wouldn't put him in there yet. I'm saying if he gets this ring though, I think it changes the conversation a little bit. Obviously I know you as the Boston guy want to hold up a little bit on that talk, but, um, you know, I feel like that this is, but but the point I was trying to get to though, what are you saying? He's close. I just don't ten. Eh, I think that's a stretch. It's it definitely if he gets this ring, it's definitely going to be a good conversation. But rather than doing absolutes, I think that the thing that makes this series so much fun is the fact that we kind of have two legacies starting off here. Jason Tatum comes in here, gets Finals MVP, gets the ring. That's to be a huge booster for his legacy. You got to look at it as damn. This guy's twenty four years old. The sky's the limit. Like, what's going to be the future, you know, for Jason Tatum? We got another young, like, maybe the face of the NBA to watch come up here. Rather than, And then from the flip side, it's kind of what I said about Steph Curry. If he gets it, he puts himself probably in that top 10 category. Yeah, I mean, it's probably more for Curry than Tatum just because Curry's had more of a career thus far, right? Tatum, like, yeah. you know, for the Celtics, it's important to know, like, even if you win it or even if you, you made this great season, made the finals, like, it doesn't mean there's going to be, like, continued success down the line like the look at the okc thunder make the finals in 2012 they think the future is theirs never made it back you know what i mean now granted Mm -hmm. part of that reason is because they traded a guy who went on to become a mvp multiple time scoring champion etc but happened you know yeah Uh, anyways to the legacy part of it i mean for curry right like getting a fourth ring obviously that's big um but i don't feel like he has anything to prove He's already shown that he's the, can be the best player on a team that won the championship mm-hmm. in 2015. And, you know, we always hear, okay, but, oh, that Cavs team didn't have Love and Kyrie. Valid point. But then you can go back to 2016, which they lost after winning 73 games, Steph, the unanimous MVP. If they had Draymond in game five, did they win that one? Yes. So, <laughs> that game the whole the whole way, you know? Now, yeah. Grant, the Draymond thing was more his fault than – Kyrie getting injured for Cleveland back in the, the year before. But I mean, for Steph, I, I hate this whole thing about the finals MVP and everyone's been clamoring that to death. Um, look, he was the best player on that team that won the title in 2015. I don't think Iguodala should have won that MVP. If you go look at the numbers, Steph was clearly the best player on that team. And the only reason Iguodala won it is because I feel like Steph didn't have maybe that signature moment or mm-hmm. Ron was so dominant in that series because he was really the best player in that series. And they were like, let's give it to Iguodala just because he played defense on LeBron. Well, like, who cares? LeBron had like 38 points a game that series or something. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Did he even slow him down? Defense? Like, oh, okay. So, no, and that's why I hate that it's a finals MVP. I wish it was like a playoff MVP that shows the entire postseason – like, if you did it that way, like, Steph would have won it in 2015. I don't think Kawhi would have won it in 2014 for San Antonio. 
Uh, he was really good in that finals, but I think the overall playoffs probably would have gone to like either Duncan or Parker. Um, that's always something I've thought of. 07, Parker wouldn't have won it that year. It would have gone to Duncan. Yeah. You could play that game like the whole way, but it's big for him just because like to have a finals MVP, like none of those top 10 guys that we were naming earlier or I was naming earlier, none of them, all of them have finals MVPs. Yeah. I think all of them have, I think all of them have multiple finals. Well, Russell doesn't have finals MVPs because the award didn't exist back then. Uh, same with Will. I think he only has one because the award didn't exist when he won his first title. Anyways, um, it's important, right? Like it's a thing that he needs yeah. to the resume. It's like pretty much the only thing he doesn't have. But is it going to, like, define his career if he doesn't win it? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, last thing I think we need to talk about before we get into our actual prediction of who's going to win the series and why. Um, how crazy is it to see the Warriors get back in here? You know, like a lot of teams, like we saw the Warriors dynasty. It was from, what, 2014 into – Well, since Kerr took over is when they really yeah. took off. Because um, they had those – they made the playoffs twice under Mark Jackson – one year they lost in the second round. The other year they lost in the first round. Um, but they weren't ever considered like a real threat, right? And then Kerr comes over, completely changes everything. Yeah. Ben David Lee, uh, we know what happened, obviously, right? Uh, Steph goes to another level. Um, and they made the five straight finals from 2015 to 2019. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, it kind of feels like they're doing the same thing here again. Because, I mean, they had what? It was David Lee, Bogut. Uh, both those guys are coming off the – or David Lee was coming off the bench. Bogut was still a starter, but still, you know, it's kind of like they have the old Warriors with the young guys because it was like Clay, Steph, Draymond. That was like the young Warriors, you know. And then you look in here at this team, it's kind of the same thing again. You got Jordan Poole. You got Kaminga. You got – I mean, obviously Wiseman isn't playing, so he doesn't really count. But you have him, Moses Moody, and then you still have the same old boys, Clay Thompson, Draymond. And you bring Steph Curry, obviously bringing Wiggins. It's just really as crazy though to see a team like the Warriors. You know, this team didn't go to the finals for, I guess, two years in a row, and they lose. Well, they didn't make the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs two years in a row, and then they also, on top of that, you see them lose a guy like Kevin Durant, and somehow they're here again. I mean, wins a lot. Have we even seen this happen in sports? Uh, I mean, with the Patriots, right? Like. With that kind of a run, I mean, there was that one yeah. year where he got injured and they came back and started dominating again. So it's not unparalleled, I don't think. Um, the crazy thing to me is, you know, Steve Kerr. This is eighth season as head coach. Yeah, he made the playoffs six of those eight. So we know the two, the both of the two that they didn't were the Clay Thompson injury seasons and the one year that they didn't even make the play in because they made the play in last year when they lost to the Lakers and then Memphis. Um, but the year they didn't even make the play in, and that was the bubble season. Uh, Steph was injured for majority of that year as well with the hand injury, right? Yeah. Um, but so to make the playoffs six out of your eight years, and each year you've made it, you've made the finals. That's incredible. Steve Kerr has lost twice as a head coach in the play in the playoffs to Cleveland in 2016 when they blew the three one lead. Yeah. Um, and to uh, Toronto in 2019 when Durant and Clay Thompson both got hurt that series. Pretty insane. I mean, it obviously talks a lot to the talent he has and everything. But he, so I think everyone knows that. But to go a step further, the only other – now, I guess with Toronto, they didn't go to seven because Toronto beat them in six. But out of all the series they've won with Steve Kerr the head coach, you know only two of them have gone to game seven? Yeah, that's insane. It's 2016 West Finals against OKC when they came back in 3-1, and then Durant obviously let, leaves after to join them. And it's 2018 against Houston – Chris Paul gets hurt at the end of game five, and then Houston goes so cold 
in that seventh game uh, against the Warriors when it's really just Harden, Gordon. Uh, who else was even on that team? Was Beverly? No, Beverly. Was no, they had a re- – it was like a Reza Capella, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, yep, he was definitely on that team. Um, so, yeah, that it, to me it's wild that, like, you've lost twice, two playoff series, and then all the others you've won, 20-something you've won, you've only had to go to seven twice? That's insane to me. Well, they had to go to seven three times, remember, because they lost the one to Cavs. Well, yeah, 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 I'm just saying, like, out of the ones they've won, they've only had to go to seven twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to Cleveland and Toronto, Cleveland and seven, Toronto and six. Yeah, it, it's, it is crazy to honestly see things play out that way. And I remember that year, too, that they beat the year they lost to Toronto when Durant first got hurt, remember, because he got hurt in that Rocket series. They are still able to knock the Rockets out in, like, six games, you know, like, and, and then they swept the Blazers, or they won. It was either five or they swept the Blazers swept the next round. In the West Finals. Yeah, they swept them in the West Finals without Durant. So, I mean, like, yeah. it just goes to show you how much better that Steve Kerr is with coaching. Anyway, Arya, we got to talk about what everybody really wants to hear here. Hear. Who's winning the series and why? Well, you know, I don't. That's that that one stat's been flashed around a while. That Boston, since Kerr's been the head coach, is the yep. only team with a winning record against them. Now, apparently, the two years that Clay Thompson was hurt, Boston swept them, which I don't really remember sweeping them, but I think that was part of it. So some people are saying that inflates the record a little bit, um, but. You know, since Stevens was the coach for Boston, they always played Golden State really well, really, really well. Um, and I just think they match up well. They have these long wings that outside that like now you're going to have to depend a lot on Wiggins if you're Golden State, which he was really mm-hmm. good last series. But when it's the finals, is he still going to be at that level? We don't know. I mean, obviously, none of these Boston guys we've seen. Yeah but we've seen them battle test in the playoffs before. It was really Wiggins' first playoffs. I mean, I guess he had that one with Minnesota when Butler was there, but they didn't really make it out of the first round or do anything. Um, so I just think Boston has a lot to uh, – as, as matches up really well. I am hoping that Rob's going to be healthy because if he is, he's a difference maker. Obviously, Golden State's hoping that Peyton's healthy for them to kind of have a guy to guard Tatum and Brown. Um. There's no way I'm not going to pick the Celtics, right? Like, we, we match up well. I yeah. I thought Phoenix was the best team in the league. I thought Phoenix would have beaten Boston. Um, I do feel a little comp- more confident going against Golden State than I would have Phoenix, but maybe I shouldn't have because Phoenix was a little bit exposed. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Celtics in six. Um, I like our chances. I think we match up well. We've always played them well. Um, we're not – look at me talking like I'm on the team. Um the Celtics aren't a team that doesn't have postseason experience. You know, they have made three Eastern Conference finals in the last five years before this. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're a bunch of young kids who are just getting their first taste here. So I think they'll be ready. And yeah, I'm going with the Celtics. I, I think we match up well. I like our wings, kind of like that 2016 Thunder team, how they were really long and gave the Warriors trouble. And um, if I ha- if I'm trying to like look at a historical precedent, I'm looking back to the pre Durant days of the Warriors, and I think that was what gave them trouble—a lot of length. And I think the Celtics have that. We're big. Um, Williams, Horford, Tatum, Brown, White's a big guard. Um, small, big guard. So yeah, I'm going with the Celtics. I was talking a lot there, trying to make a point. Kind of <laughs> like I'm trying to convince myself here, but I'm not. I like the Celtics in six, but I don't feel like I wouldn't bet my life on it. I'm not. I don't think that's a slam dunk, but it's what I like. Hey, that's half the reason I got you on here. I wanted somebody to pick the opposite side. Look, by no means am I going to sit here and say 
that this is going to be an easy, easy victory for Golden State. It's not. I think we're going to have some pretty good teams. Ultimately, though, the thing that I keep thinking about when I think about this series is the Golden State Warriors in third quarters under Steve Kerr are historically so good, and that's when they just absolutely smash teams. Boston has had so much variance in these quarters. Like, Boston will play three great quarters and have one bad quarter. You can't do that against Golden State or else the entire game will flip. I think those third quarters would be huge for those reasons. I'm picking Golden State here in six. I just think that they're – it's not even that they're more battle-tested. I just feel like this Warriors team, you know, all season long, they did the right things. You know, they rested their guys. They gave guys the night off who needed it. They, you know, made sure everybody got minutes and everybody was ready to go when it came down to playoff time. Golden State always seems to have that one guy rise to the occasion when they need him in the game. They have so many different guys they can go to. I think ultimately that Curry is going to come out here. He's going to get his MVP – and I think the Warriors are going to get it done, man. I think six games, and I think this is going to be a damn good series. We'll see. Yeah, it should be fun. Watch how everything plays out. Um, last part we're going to do here before we get out of here real quick, we're each going – so that we're I call this the MVP draft. So we're going to take turns switching off. So if I pick first, then you pick second and third. I'll pick fourth, and then you would pick fifth and sixth. So we'll do, we'll do it like that, and then – um basically though what's going to happen is we're both going to draft players who we think are going to win mvp we can't pick the same player so it'll just kind of take turns picking a player um i guess i'll go ahead and go first obviously i'm going to pick the odds on favorite here and pick steph curry that's who i think is going to win mvp since i think they're going to win the series um who are you taking with your two picks the jays who else would you take tatum and brown come on hey i honestly think look I think that if the Warriors win, it's going to be Curry. I don't really see any other way it's going to be somebody else. The Celtics win, I think it would be Jason Tatum or the guy I'm going to go for here at my other pick. I'm going to take Marcus Smart as my oh, other pick. My guy. Well, the one thing I want to say on Brown real quick, because I don't think we talked about him a lot or really at all even, but that last series against Miami, he was having a hard time. They had a, they had guys who could defend him, Oladipo, Butler, and yeah. – his handle really got exposed. Anytime he put the ball down, it was really scary. I don't know if Golden State has the same guys that are capable of guarding him like that unless Peyton comes back. But, like, if he's going up against Clay or Steph or I guess maybe if Draymond gets switched in, that's a problem. But I don't think those guys are, like, going to be ball hawking him. But maybe they will look at that Miami tape and uh, want to do that. Uh, so we'll see. But I feel like Brown is kind of undervalued right now. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, Brown did have some big games, too. He had, didn't he have two 40-point games last series, or was it one or two? Uh, for sure one. It was actually that one of the ones where he kept turning the ball over like a thousand times. <laughs> Game three. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was just one. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, still, he, he it's not like – yeah, he's not chopped liver over there. He definitely did some stuff. Who are you taking with your uh, – with your – actually, do I go twice? I don't know. Actually, yeah, I do I do pick tw- – uh, yeah, yeah, I think you would. Yeah, so, I do pick – Or maybe you uh, – who knows? Yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll pick again. Um, so then with my other pick, it's, it's tough because, I mean, it's kind of pick your war. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, though, with, as we called him a couple of podcasts ago, Michael Jordan Poole. Oh, I was going to do that. Uh, I got to pick him, one, because he's my guy, but number two, because, I mean, he can score in bunches. If he comes in off the bench and has a couple huge games and Curry struggles and gets all the defensive attention from Marcus Smart, he could be that guy to break through. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I just think like with finals MVP. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's a similar situation to like that Denver series, right. Where he like, he was their MVP that series. Now granted, yeah. coming off the bench. So it was a lot harder for a Curry to 
do uh, do as much damage as Poole's doing, but Curtis still good that series. Um, so if I have to pick one final guy here, I guess I would. I want to pick a Celtic, obviously, just because I want to. But if I had to like be realistic, I would probably just go with Draymond because I look back at that 2016 Finals that they lost, mm-hmm. and it's funny. Even if they had won that series, I feel like Draymond would have been the Finals MVP. He had a phenomenal game seven if i remember uh i think he had like 30 something points he was definitely their best player that seventh game um so i'm just looking back and like i know he can perform big in the finals he's obviously done it multiple times right and he was a guy who kind of came close to winning a finals mvp before so because of that i guess i'll go draymond do i think draymond green's gonna be finals mvp no i don't think there's any chance the warriors win and they give finals mvp to anyone besides steph curry just because i agree like he would have to get a hurt or be like he would honestly have to be like horrendous and if he was like super horrendous then boston's probably going to win that series so it's like how are we so i i don't see i really have a hard time seeing a way that steph curry doesn't win mvp if the warriors win um so that's kind of uh where i'm with it i to be honest now that i think about it that makes me want to pick a celtic instead of draymond <laughs> yeah i would go with Warford. i don't know it, I don't think either Al Horford or Jamon Green will be finals MVP. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah I agree with you completely on that one. Um, anyway, Arya, any final words before you want to get out of here? The clock's ticking down on us. Four more. That's all I got to say. Four more. Job's not done. Hey, it's going to be a great series, guys. Um, it's going to be exciting to watch. I'm very excited to watch it. going to be some fun competitive games. But as always, Arya, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Um, maybe this will be the first. This may be the last time, uh, depending on how things go. So we'll see. Well, once again, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.